On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, you want to be kind to everyone, everyone, including the people in the supporting roles. You walk into that office door, the first person that greets you, you be kind to them because I guarantee you that person is probably the person who's been doing a lot of the coordinating for the interview. And that person also has the ear of whoever is doing the hiring. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, lady, our quote of the day. If you listened to last week's episode, then you know that this quote of the day is one that you need to pay attention to. Be extra as fuck. Someone is looking for exactly what you have to offer. Now, lady, again, last week, if you tuned in, then you know that we started talking about, we began a conversation of how to stand out in a job interview. And we talked about why we needed to have this conversation. We gave you some, we explained what being extra as fuck is. So go back and check that out. We talked about common sense things that might not be so common. And then we gave you some cover letter best practices. So that is a whole episode full of all kinds of gems. Make sure you go and check that out and then come back and listen to this episode because now we're going to pick it up and we're going to talk about resume best practices. So T, I'm going to turn it to you. 
All right, let's jump on in. Okay, so for resume best practices, know and use keywords for your ideal position or field. So many of you know that there are applicant scanning softwares and resume scanning softwares. And a lot of times, depending on the field that you're looking to get a role in, they have they scan for keywords. And if they notice that those keywords are not on your resume, then you could likely be bypassed when it comes to different opportunities, right? So when I think about our role that we talked about on last week's episode, you got to listen to last week's episode, okay? So if you haven't listened, pause this episode right now. Go listen because we have some funny stories and it gets juicy in that episode. But what we talked about is how we were hiring for a podcast operations assistant role. And we, although we didn't use one of those resume scanning tools, if we did, one of the keywords we would definitely add in there is podcast. And if that person didn't put podcast in there, but they had other like production experience, we could have missed their their resume, right? We could have missed an opportunity to interview them. So definitely Google keywords, see what keywords are popular in your industry and use them in your resume. Please, please, please. <laughs> and then because you want to also stand out from everyone else, you want them to catch your resume. The next thing is length. Now, I want to say that length will vary depending on your industry mm-hmm. and then also the stage in your career. So ideally, what career experts say is if you are new in this area, so less than five years experience, then your resume should be one page and your resume should highlight the skills that you are bringing to the table, right? So the roles that are relevant. Now, if you're a more seasoned professional, then ideally you want two pages, right? And again, two pages, if you've been in the field for 20 years and you've had more than one job, it may be more than two pages, but you want to make sure that those two pages highlight the most relevant experiences. And again, I do want to emphasize that it depends on the industry because some industries, like for instance, in academia, academics look for a CV, which is different from a resume. Certain other professions may look for a portfolio instead of a resume. And so you want to know what's the expectation for the industry that you're in. That is spot on. I just want to echo Dom's sentiments around making sure that the experiences are relevant on there. Because I know for me at this point, I'm currently in tech. My resume is about three pages, but it doesn't have all. I was just doing the mad time. I've been working for 17 years. I'm like, God damn. Okay. So lots of experiences there, right? And I don't put everything on there. I literally only put the past few years, maybe the past five or six years, and I only put the relevant roles. So at one point when I was transitioning careers, I was like working at a shuttle stop. I didn't put that on there because that has that that's not relatable to what I'm trying to do right now, right? So right. yes, relevant experience is key. And then the next tip here is to include an executive summary overview. The overview or summary, make sure you you actually work on that. Don't just put the generic, I'm looking for a role to do X, Y, Z. Like don't just put the generic Google like search. <laughs> Take time to do that. Because, <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying like, take time to yes, do that because yes. we've seen people just put like the generic and you're like, you didn't even put no effort, boo. But you want to do that because people are going to literally scan that first and that'll give them the, the sort of intro to you before they, you know, look at your cover letter and look at everything else. Yes. And I do want to add another caveat is that the conversation that we're having, 
are for entry-level, mid-management positions. If you are in the C-suite, then, and for those that don't know, C-suite is like the executives, right? So if you are in the C-suite, then we expect that you're working with a recruiter, that you're working with a coach, that you are working with, you have access to someone one-on-one Yes. Who can go into greater detail for the specific roles that you're looking for. I'm glad you said that too, Don, because one of the things we did in the last episode, this is a part two, right, ladies? So what we did in the last episode, part one, we talked about our individual credentials. And we also said this is subjective. This is based on our experience. We got some good experiences, though. This is based on our experience. So take what resonates and leave the rest here. Again, this is subjective. So with that in mind, we're going to dive into standing out in the interview process. So number one, I would say always send a thank you note after, right? I'm old school. We used to do handwritten thank you notes, okay? So, but of course, in the world that we live in today, just email is fine because snail mail, don't nobody have time for that. But send a thank you note. And what I like to do in the interview is when you're interviewing, if you have an interview day and you interview multiple people, ask for their email address as one of your questions at the end. And if you're on Zoom, which most likely you will be, ask them to put it in chat so that you can, you don't like spell their name wrong or anything. And that way afterward, you can send them a thank you and thank them for their time and blah, blah, blah. We have a template on the website, but it's really important to do that because it does make, it does, does help you to stand out. It sure does. One thing I remember one job I applied for and I had multiple interviews with different people across campus and I did handwritten notes now. And this was also because I knew that it was going to be a while before they, before they made a decision. And so I had, I knew that I had time for the snail mail to happen. And I did handwritten notes to whoever the lead was in each interview that I had. Right. So, and then there was a couple of key folks that I knew that if I got the job, I would be working directly with that. I sent them specific thank you notes. But I also think that in this day and age that it is a whole lot easier to follow up right away, end of the day, next day with an email. And I say just now from personal experience, I would say end of the day, just because in one job interview that I did, they called me the very next day. And I had I was literally in the process of typing up. I'm in here typing up my thank you email. And then here they come with an email to me about like follow up, like, you know, and I'm like, hey, I felt all kinds of weird that I didn't get my thank you email out. I still sent it and just reiterated the second conversation. Exactly. That makes perfect sense. That is such a good point, Dom. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned to get those promo codes and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Hey, lady, I'm curious. How have you been caring for yourself lately? You know, I'm a big proponent of self-care. So for me, this includes working out, a good night's sleep and meditation. Meditation helps me get into a more relaxed state so that I can get that good night's sleep. And sometimes I use it to get my mind right for the day ahead. So if you want to begin or enhance your meditation practice, we have good news for you. We're partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app that provides you with tools designed to improve the way you feel. 
You can reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, improve focus with curated music tracks, and rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. There's even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. And since you're a listener of this show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash herspace. Go to calm.com slash herspace for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash herspace. Our next partner has a product I literally use every single day. And it costs less than $3 a day. It also supports better sleep quality and recovery. So let's get into the deets. Now, I started taking AG1 because I often struggle to get enough greens in my diet. But as we all know, it's important for us. I've also been working on prioritizing better gut health. So this was perfect for me. A model that I'm really trying to adopt these days is eat to live instead of living to eat. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics. I literally begin my morning with 8 ounces of water and my one scoop of AG1 before I start my meditation and as I'm tidying up the house. It really helps me to start my day off on the right foot because if I don't get as many vegetables throughout the day, I know I'm good because I invested in my all-in-one nutritional insurance in the morning, okay? Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's literally one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash her. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash her. And take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's get back to the show. Honestly, I think we can dive right into the next tip here, which is always ask questions, y'all. Like literally, if you, I don't care if you, I mean, I do care if you pull the question out of your ass, but like ask something. Because I've had interviews where I've been interviewing someone and they're like, no, I don't have any questions. Girl, make something up because it shows that you're interested. And so we got a couple questions for you. Examples. I'm going to go ahead and do one of my favorite questions right now is when you think of a top performing XYZ, right? I'm going to use our role just for the example. When you think of a top performing podcast operations assistant, what makes them a standout employee? People have been eating this question up in these interviews I've been doing. They're like, such a great question. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Girl. But no, that's real. Because <laughs> what that does is that's that's a great question yeah. because what that does is that shows them that you are interested in this role, yes. right? That you are interested in being a top performer. Mm-hmm. And then, two, that gives you information on what the top performer looks like because- okay. If you ain't that, maybe this role ain't for you, boo. Come come on, tactical and the extra. Come on. There you go. Question number two. What are the most important things you like to see someone accomplish in the first 30, 60, and 90 days on the job? Another one, they're like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Why is this a good question, Dom? Because it's tactical, right? Mm -hmm. So it lets them know that you, you about your business, right? That you want to know 
okay, what what targets do I need to be? What benchmarks do I need to be hitting yep. in this role? If I'm going to be successful in this role, and again, it's information. If you look at it and they say, well, if it's, let's say, let's say that it's a sales role and they tell you that within 90 days, you need to have brought in $30,000 to the company. If that's not an amount that you're used to bringing in and you know that they don't have the support set up for you to do that, then you, what that tells you without them telling you is that this is going to be a role where you are going to be overworked and under resourced. Mm -hmm. I might have to say no to this. There you go. It's a good, these are great vetting questions too. Like it's great for it to make you look good, but it also gives you some insight on what they really want me to do in this role, right? Is it a really good fit? The last question here that you could potentially ask is what's your favorite part about working here? This is always a fun question, in my opinion, because you get to ideally hear from folks and see why do they like working at this this place, right? And do you are you connected to this person? Do you feel like you might enjoy some of the same aspects? I know one thing in particular I've heard is like people talking about the way that the company that I was looking at is building community in the midst of COVID. And I like to be connected to my colleagues. And so I'm like, okay, that's cool. They have different Slack channels where you can talk about, they have like a parenting channel. And for me, I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to get into the parenting channel. Right. So that's a great way for you to understand more about the company's culture as well. Yes. Amen to that. And it, it, and and again, always on the flip side, it always lets you know, Mm -hmm. are there things going on? Pay attention to the body language. Yes. Pay attention to how people respond to your questions, Mm -hmm. particularly that question about your favorite part of working here, because that lets you know, do they like what they're doing? Do they Mm -hmm. like being here? Yep. Because depending on how they respond, you can pick up on it in their body language. Yes. Amen to that. Should we dive into the behavior questions as we close out? Yes. Let's do it, y'all. So one thing I noticed lately, Dom, I don't know if this has happened in your processes, but I know lately I've noticed people ask a lot of behavioral questions. And if you're not doing what we said in the last episode keeping track in your journal of your experiences in your career, this can really crush your interview process because the behavioral questions are the questions that sound like this. Tell me about a time when, and what I've noticed candidates sometimes do if they're not well prepared, they'll they'll answer the question theoretically where it's like, well, if that were to happen, I would. And it's like, mm, 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 mm. we didn't ask about if that would happen. I want you to look at your, your experience and tell me about a time when this actually happened so they can see how you navigate different experiences and processes. Now, when it comes to preparing for these behavioral questions, one method that I've been using that I saw online is the STAR method. And what I love about the STAR method is it allows you to be concise, straight to the point, answer the question and get on out of there. We don't want to be long-winded and take up the whole interview time because that's another bad trait I've noticed in interviews where if you have 30 minutes to interview a candidate, I've had very long-winded candidates where they're answering like two questions and that's all the time you have. And that speaks to, I will say that speaks sometimes as, as the interviewer, your lack of self-awareness because yep. you are you know you're doing an interview. This is not a speech. This is not a workshop. Like You have to be in there and out of there, right? So STAR stands for... S is for situation. Okay, so describe the situation where everything happened. T is for task. Describe the task that you had to complete in order to solve the problem or issue at hand. A is for action. Explain what actions you took to complete the aforementioned task. R is for results. 
Talk about the results of your actions and try to be as detailed as possible. We will add this in the show notes for you as well. I love that because that allows you, like you said, that allows you to be concise Mm -hmm. and straight to the point. Because I think about, like you mentioned, going back to what you were saying about being mindful of the time, right? Usually, so another pro tip is if your interviewer does not tell you at the start how much time you have Mm -hmm. and maybe how many questions they'll be asking, it's okay for you to ask, right? Just say, you know, you can say something to the effect of, I want to get a sense of how long we'll be together Mm -hmm. and how many questions I'll have so that I can make sure that I'm allotting enough time. Yes. And you pay attention to that, right? So if they tell you we have 12 questions in 30 minutes, okay, well then what that lets me know is that I cannot give a dissertation thesis soliloquy Mm -mm. on any question that they give, I need to get straight to it. Straight to it. And some of the questions that you might hear around these behavioral questions include things like, tell me about a time when you had a conflict interacting with one of your coworkers and how you handled it, right? Again, pulling from experience. So you want to have that organized and advanced so that you can literally just go through the STAR method. Another question, how do you accomplish tasks when under a tight deadline, give an example. So actually talk about a time when that actually happened for you. And the last example that we have here is, can you tell me about a time when you had to perform a task or project you had no previous experience with? Common questions, Mm -hmm. particularly that conflict one, because the reality is that conflict occurs whether we try to be conflict avoidant or not. Conflict will occur. And so you want to be able to talk about how you handle it. That's right. So then there's a few more tips that we want to point out to you, right? As you are preparing for the interview, organize your intro pitch and tweak it for the specific role that you are applying for, right? So your intro pitch could come across in your cover letter. It could be an opening statement that you might give in your interview, right? And really what that is, is you selling yourself and highlighting why you are right for that role. I love that. I think that's a really good point, Dom. And I I would say also tweak it for the role, but also tweak it based on who you're speaking to, right? Like if you're speaking to the manager, you might have a bit of a different intro compared to if you're speaking to one of your direct colleagues, right? Based on like what they what they both value. And that all comes from your research, right? So that's super important. Yes, yes, yes. That takes us to the next one here, which is be professional. Don't let your hair down, no matter how comfortable the interviewer tries Ooh. to make you. Girl, I've been in interviews when I... When they go out drinking, especially at these conferences I was talking about where they interview yeah. lots of people, but they go out drinking, I'd be sober as, who be sober? So a duck is, so what do people say? Sober as a what? I don't, I don't know. know. I'd be sober as hell though. Sober. Yeah. I'd be sober. Okay. And they'd be drinking like sailors over there. And I'm just like, oh no. I'd be like, oh, they're saying a little too much. They're getting a little too comfortable. Uh-uh. Keep it professional. And no matter how comfortable they get, because I'm still interviewing, I still want to yeah. get this job. So I keep, I stay on it, right? Stay on it. 
Yes, I love mm-hmm. that. Because also, even when they take you to lunch, right? Yeah. They're interviewing you. Like yes. I, I think about one role that I interviewed for. This was in person. Yeah. And we were walking across campus. And even though they're casual, quote unquote, it's conversation, not an interview. conversation dumb. you are still being interviewed. Yeah, and right. so the thing you want to pay attention to is what kinds of things in the casual conversation are they bringing up mm-hmm. and be mindful of what you bring up. Mm-hmm. Right. If you talk about things in your personal life, make sure that those personal things are applicable to this position, right? Or maybe a selling point to this position that you're applying for. You have to be strategic throughout the entire process. I love that you said that, Don, because one of the things that I do now is having a very public and successful podcast. When I'm interviewing for roles, I make it a point to strategically say like, yeah, you know, my co-host and I, we hired a team. So the podcast is not, it doesn't require as much work as it did when we first began because one is the truth, but also now they know I'm addressing the elephant in the room without them even having to say it because now they know, oh, we're not going to be competing for her time because she already has a team. They're established and she's, she's free to work. You know what I mean? So just be mindful of what you say so that you're not getting yourself out of the role by sharing too much that might not be in alignment with where you're trying to go here. Yes. And then I think the last thing is you want to be kind to everyone. Yes. Everyone, including the people in the supporting roles. Mm -hmm. You walk into that office door, the first person that greets you, you be kind to them because I guarantee you that person is probably the person who's been doing a lot of the coordinating Mm -hmm. for the interview. And that person also has the ear of whoever is doing the hiring. Mm -hmm. So you want to be kind to everyone. I remember one interview, I had an opportunity to interact with interns. Mm -hmm. And to some people, you might say, well, the intern doesn't have any investment in this process, they're not prop. They they don't have a say in who's getting hired. They're not going to be here the, in the next year. But you still want to be kind to those interns mm-hmm. because even if they don't have a vote, they have a mouth and they have opinions. And if you say something that is either standing out because it's really bad. Or standing out because it's really amazing. Either way, or you say something and you're just completely unremarkable, no matter how it goes, the intern is going to still report your interaction to whoever is doing the hiring. And either way, I think this is just a pro life tip. This is just a life hack. Just be kind to people in general, no matter who it is. Like you just never one, we're all human beings. So I I I personally, Dom, I, I feel like one of my pet peeves is when people they're only nice to people who can get them something. They're only nice to people who can benefit them in some way. So like you said, the support staff, I don't care if it's the custodian, whoever it might be, the pe- people are not defined by the roles that they occupy right now. Like you don't know who that person is, who God calls them to be. Like I just just be nice to people. The wait staff, everybody, okay? 
we just want to be nice to everybody. Like just be genuinely kind to everyone. But like you made a lot of valid points, Tom, and I agree wholeheartedly. I think we just want to do a quick recap. And I think we're going to be done here, lady, because the previous episode, part one, which you need to tune into is super juicy. This episode, we only covered resume best practices and standing out in the interview process. So we're just going to go ahead and circle back on standing out in the interview process. We have always write a thank you note after your interview and send it to each person. Ideally, it's within 24 hours, like the end of the day. That's ideal. And number two, you want to always have questions for the interviewer. Always have questions. Okay. Even if it's just as simple as like, what's your favorite part about working here? We have the other questions that we cover, but like ask something, okay, to show your interest. You want to also be aware of the STAR method and be ready for those behavioral questions. Don't just talk about things in the clouds and like, oh, I would do this if it... No. For behavioral questions, we need to pull from real life experiences. And sometimes what I've done is if I can't remember a work experience, I'll talk about a personal life experience that still highlights my skills that are related to the role. Then what you want to do is you want to organize your intro pitch. Now people are like, tell me about yourself. Have that ready and be prepared to tweak it for the specific role, but also depending on who you are in or who is interviewing you, right? That's important. The next one is be professional. Don't let your hair down, no matter how comfortable the interviewer makes you, okay? Don't let your hair down. Don't be drinking at the interview, even if they say, oh, it's okay. This is not really an interview. We're just getting to know you. Don't buy it, okay? Mm -hmm. And then the most important, in my opinion, is be kind to everyone, including the support staff, your Lyft driver, your Uber driver. Just be nice to people, okay? Be kind, all right? Create some good karma for yourself. And lady, that pretty much sums up this part two of this episode, all about how to stand out in the job interview and how to create a killer cover letter and resume. If you enjoy this episode, visit our website, herspacepodcast.com. We do have a link there where you can get access to additional resources. If you actually want our templates on cover letter, resumes, thank you notes, all that good stuff, visit our website. You can check that out. And if you have not listened to part one, we cannot stress it enough. It goes along with part two. So you got to get the whole package together. Okay. So make sure you tune in. Hey lady, it's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. What's meant for me will never miss me. I don't have to chase.